Coming to you from the Ultra Staff Studios in Chicago, welcome to the Staffing Buzz Network with your host, Bob Petke. Hello and welcome back to the Staffing Buzz Network. I am Bob Petke, Chief Sales Officer here at Ultra Staff Edge. We are a full-service front office and back office ATS CRM software solution for staffing companies like many of you people that are listening today. Uh, we have collectively put this together, uh, the Staffing Buzz Network, to uh, have a have a opportunity to facilitate uh, a venue where we can go ahead and add valuable content to the staffing community. And the way we're doing that through the Staffing Buzz Network is we have specialized guests like one of them uh, that we have on here today. And I will go ahead and introduce our guest, uh, Mr. Mike Jacketo from Butler Street. Mike, welcome to the Staffing Buzz Network. Thank you, Bob. Happy to be here. We are so glad you're here. Mike, you're from Butler Street. and We'll, we'll dive into a little bit more of your uh, your staffing pedigree, but tell us a little bit about Butler Street. Pretty simple. Uh, Butler Street Consulting is uh, a training company, essentially, that, that focuses on two most challenging areas, clients face, client development, and talent development. And uh, all of our team has staffing experience, which is a, a huge plus. So we've, we've walked a mile in the shoes of our customers. Um, and uh, I think that that summarizes us pretty good. Mike, no, I appreciate that. And, you know, just a little backstory. Before I came to work here uh, for Ultra Staff Edge, the last two staffing companies that I worked with, uh, you were a vendor of ours. And, and more than a vendor, you were a partner of ours. Mm -hmm. And so we utilized your uh, uh, talents, uh, both on what you present as a curriculum and you know yourself and the folks that work there. Uh, and that was one of the big values is that you had talented people that, you know, rolled up their sleeves and, and did what we do in this world. So we're, we're so glad to have you here. Um, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Mike. Mike, you might consider this, you know, this is your life in staffing, Mike Jackato. Right. So just a little bit more about you, just to kind of qualify folks to kind of see why we have you here today. Um, what's nice about having Mike on here is that he's part of the uh, staffing industry analysts, uh, where they've actually recognized him for three consecutive years as a staffing 100. Uh, Mike was a chief executive officer uh, for Optimum Outcomes and a chief executive officer for Supplemental Healthcare, one of the largest nursing and allied staffing companies in the U.S. Uh, Mike, uh, and we have some connections from, from when you were at this location, Mike, you were also the managing director of operations and chief marketing officer uh, for Ronstadt uh, North America in sales. How am I doing so far? So far, I think you've nailed it. Mike, this is one of my favorite parts, uh, and it just has to do with the competitor in me. Uh, I see that you were inducted into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. And, and let me tell you, besides the fact that I'm uh, a sports nut and, and a competitor, you know, I'm that guy who, uh, you know, hates to win more than he, uh, or what do I want to say? If you ask me if I love to lose or hate to win, no, if you ask me if I love to win or hate to lose, I would tell you that I hate to lose. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know these individualized sports, you know, it's, it's, it's mono e mono. And uh, what I find interesting about uh, people that were former competitors, uh, former athletes is I find in the staffing industry that a lot of the top performers, uh, you know, in sales and in recruiting, uh, they're former athletes uh, and they have a history of competing in events. Um, they might also even be um, musicians, people that had really high disciplines. When you think about your success, the success that got you where you are today, do you find any correlation back to that time when you were a competitive wrestler? Well, absolutely. Our, the entire foundation of our program, Bob, is built on what I learned on the wrestling mat. And, and you know, we start all our training with four cornerstones, attitude, personal accountability, perseverance, and habit. And if you think about that, that all comes from athletics. Attitude, you know, in sales, you got to develop projection immunity, right? You, you've got to have the right attitude. I always say you got you, you got to have the mindset of uh, Dory, the goldfish on Finding Nemo. And if you get rejected, you forget it eight seconds later. Uh, personal accountability. I was taught at a very young age, if you feel unhappy with your results, you have only to look in the mirror to stare the culprit straight in the eye. How's that for tough love? Uh, perseverance. It's not about good's not a permanent place. It's about getting a little bit better every day because, you know, everything in life is in motion. And, and if you think about it, uh, the world's moving, especially now at a very rapid speed. And, and then the fourth is habits. We're all a combination of our habits. And I think you learn that in athletics, like you said, whether you're a musician, a world-class chef, I've surrounded myself and my company with, with a lot of people who are pretty accomplished in their specific areas, whether it's a, a first chair oboist or a, a triathlete or a CrossFit person. They're all, they're all pretty dedicated to what they do. No, and again... One of the things that I found from being involved in, in, in staffing for you know close to 20 years prior to coming here is that it, it takes a unique individual to thrive and survive in this industry. You know, uh, being a little graphic chat, uh, I've seen staffing will, will chew people up and spit them out. In, in other words, if you don't have the chops to do uh, the work uh, and the discipline uh, to do it, you, uh, you're likely not going to be in the industry for some time. So if you see somebody that has a year, two, three, or more under the belt, you know you're dealing with a very special, unique person, especially if they've had some success along the way. Absolutely. Cool. Mike, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and just kind of get into, uh, you know, recent history. We're going to look at three things, really. We're going to look at some things in the recent past. We're going to look at uh, business today and, and maybe even take a look at, at what we might start seeing, in, you know, next year in 2024 as we come to uh, the end of a year here. You know, one of the things that we cannot deny is that COVID changed the world and the way the world does business. And staffing was not immune to that. Our world's changed significantly. Now, you were part of all of this during that time, which was, you know, just recently. What are some of the significant changes that you have seen in the staffing space as it relates to how we came through COVID and what we look like on the other side? Well, first off, I think anybody that came through COVID standing uh, deserves a huge uh, round of applause. I mean, I think I shared with you even offline that uh, when when Trump shut down the country, we were down, uh, our sales plummeted 76%. We were sold out through June, but people panicked, started looking for deposits back, and, and we had to 
adjust. So one of the big things that we did, and this will uh, answer your question, we basically knew we've been selling virtually since our inception. We're a virtual uh, organization. We were on Zoom back in 2015. We had virtual backgrounds. We were really ahead and said, what, what do you do when everybody's panicking? Well, we put together a webinar and we taught people how to sell for free, how to sell on Zoom, how to set up their home office, because let's face it, business inv invaded the home. So what that did was, I think we drew 3,300 to our webinar and our biggest was like 262 before that. Wow. And what it did was it changed the game. People started calling to say, can you teach us how to do this? And I think people got very, very comfortable from face-to-face -to, -face to doing things on Zoom. And then you watched as more and more people got on camera. Now that strength can become an overstrength and then manifest, manifest itself as a weakness. All of a sudden, coming out of COVID after two years of a stimulus high and you know free money, so to speak, uh, I think a lot of people lost the skills, uh, the basic selling skills of active listening, effective questioning, getting face to face with people. And I think you're seeing the res residual effects of that today. No, I I couldn't agree with you on that part more. You know, one of the things that I'd seen coming through this, and it, it's part of the world that we live in, and it's part of the generation is I've noticed that when I had folks reporting to me in staffing on the sales side, they spent a lot of time during and after COVID, instead of picking up the phone and making phone calls, they were they were doing a lot of emails oh, yeah. and they were doing a lot of things from text. And, you know, there's different reasons why people do that. But what, what have you seen here recently uh, is something that we have to overcome when it comes to people using that type of technology as opposed to talking to somebody like this face-to-face -face or over the phone? Mm -hmm. Well, let's face it, Bob, at some point in time, you're going to have to talk to a person. Emails, the biggest challenge with emails, while they have its, its, its place, you know, we, we always teach a, a, a multi-touch approach, uh, voice, uh, voicemail, email, uh, and, and then uh, what we call DPQ when somebody picks up the phone. But if, if you think about that concept of just sending out emails, you miss a great skill in that building rejection immunity. And we actually have that trademark, by the way. Rejection immunity is, is where I, I get rejected and I pause a second and I pick up the phone and dial again. And that's how I build skills. If, if you can't, you know, I had a, a boss back in um, the early 80s who basically told me I was horrible on the phone and then practiced with me. And he said to me, he said, you're great in front of a customer, but if you don't, if you don't develop your phone skills, then you're not going to reach your, your full potential. And I remember what he said to me, he said, you know, you got to pick up the phone. You got to take the rejection. And Bob, back then they just hung up on you. There was no voicemail and stuff. So, so right, right. But he said something, I, I watched him. He did a call. I did a call and he wasn't much better than me, but the way he responded to it, he didn't get right. He laughed. People hung up on me, laughed. Oh, I, I was horrible on that one. What he said to me, and it still has an impact on me today. He said, you know, you obviously got to practice this and you'll get better. But he, he said, Mike, you have to look at it this way. They love you. They just don't know it yet. Right. You can't take it personally. It was one of the best pieces of advice. I, I, I'm 64 years old. I'm still talking about it. And I was 23 when that happened. No, what a great point is, is I, as I make a, just some real quick reflections on it is when people don't put themselves in a position to be rejected, they also don't put themselves in a position to be successful. It's kind of like you can't, uh, you know, s s you can't score you know, a basket, if you don't shoot the ball, you can't exactly. put the ball into the net if you exactly. don't take a shot. And uh, so what, a, what a great, uh, uh, 
you know, term rejection immunity. And you said you've got that pinned in, in, in your favor. Yeah. Copyright. Yeah. I'll put quotes on that one with a little mark next to it. <laughs> as I write down my notes That's here. Time to use it. Go ahead. But that is, that is awesome. Well, I'll make sure I, I reference you on it as we go through this, but uh, you know, Mike, one of the things that I'm also seeing right now, and it's, it's just, again, the world that we live in is that many people would say, you know, that staffing is a people in a relationship business. And they they feel real strongly that no matter what, you have to have this connection. Now, there is another segment of the staffing world that that believes that, you know, AI is going to make staffing less about those personal relationships. Now, there's many ways that we can use AI in everything that we see, say, or do today. But when we're talking specifically about like those relationships, and I know we'll probably talk a little bit about how maybe you're using AI uh, to move the ball forward and other things. But when it comes to relationships, what do you see? Uh, you know, again, I talk about maybe having a crystal ball or mm-hmm. not even so much that, you know, the great way to look at the predictive future is to look at the past on the trajectory that we're at now. What do you see as uh, how AI is going to re- reflect that uh, client uh, customer partner relationship. Well, I, I you know, said this on my webinars. I said it on stage a couple of weeks back at SIS Healthcare stand, uh, Conference. I think the first thing we have to understand is that I, I personally believe AI. This this change has got not only going to be the biggest change in my lifetime. It's going to be the biggest change in, in the history of lifetimes. So, and I, I tell people all the time, Bob, don't don't stand on the tracks when the train's coming through. This is a case where you got to lead, follow, or get out of the way. And I mean it sincerely when I say, when you look at things like AI, uh, we have a saying at, at Butler Street, technology for transactions, people for relationships. We're never going to diminish the relationship side of the business because it's still people buying from and selling to people. But you got to get in front of people. And any task that AI can do better than a human should be outsourced to AI. And I'll give you, I just put together a video, uh, 15 use cases for, for AI, but research researching a, a company. I mean, I can go in, use uh, a, a plugin, search a website, a company's 10Q, 10K, listen to, have it listen to their, their um, annual, or quarterly meeting and come back and give me three or four points that I should address from a training standpoint. That would have taken me hours, Bob. I can do that now in 27 seconds. And to me, and then understanding the financial and operational outcomes of a, a per, uh, particularly buyer persona. I'm a director of warehousing. What are my uh, top two or three financial? What are my top two operational uh, endeavors or how I'm going to be measured? It's going to give me that right away. And then I can come back and say, using our value statements, convert that to a, to a script. And then I've got to make the script my own because we're big believers that AI, aug- augmented intelligence, we'll call it artificial intelligence, plus EQ, emotional intelligence, plus your habits, Positive habits equals sales success. So people ask me all the time, you think uh, salespeople are going to be replaced by AI? And I said, well, not immediately anyway, not in the, in the near future, but they will be replaced by a salesperson proficient using AI. And that's that's how I look at it. Mike, it's worth repeating. And I, I got everything but the equal right. I think I had it. AI plus EQ plus positive habits equals? Sales success. Sales success. And I have to attribute that to my uh, partner, Marianne. She came up with that because at the end of the day, you don't want to take AI straight out. It's not you. You've got to put your personality on it because it's still people buying from and selling to people. Right. And you said technology for transactions and people for people partnerships. For Did I get that right? 
No, it's people for relationships. Technology people for transactions. People okay. for relationship. Yeah. 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 Make no mistake. Was I work with my own team? Um, this is kind of a little bit of a impromptu uh, session for myself here, as well as anybody else who's paying attention. And I'm sure a lot of people will be. Uh, you know, Mike, as we kind of go through some of the next things here, I want to talk a little bit about how is you, how are you and your team at Butler Street working with the staffing industry, helping companies thrive and survive in this space? What are some things that you're doing? And you talked a little bit about your augmented in, uh, intelligence. Mm -hmm. uh, double click on that a little bit and, and tell us a little bit more about that. Well, what we're doing right now is we've integrated uh, cutting edge AI into all of our training. We have very structured processes in our training. Uh, you know, the first thing that we always talk about is getting into the customer's operating reality, being able to see problems and opportunities through the customer's eyes. As an example, I take off my glasses and go, look, look through those eyes. Right. right. So that's that's one of the key things that we do. And one of the big things with leveraging AI is your ability to, to prompt it properly. You know, in sales, before AI even came here, we used to say you're defined in the eyes of the customer by the quality of questions you ask. When you get to AI, you're defined in the eyes of ChatGPT or Microsoft Copilot or, or Claude or Anthropic, whatever the AI is, by the quality of prompts you give it. So the more structure, the more detail of the prompt, the better output you get. So there's actually a position today, pays like $250,000 a year, prompt engineer. Wasn't even in existence in 2019. Yeah. That's how much, the, and by the way, it'll be, it'll be eliminated in another 18 months because the next version is able to prompt itself. You're able to say to it, now make me a better prompt. Now make me a better, it goes down this whole tree of thoughts. Very, very fascinating stuff. But that's what we do. We help companies and their people grow by keeping them competitive with the use of AI or augmented intelligence. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing specifically with ChatGBT. Well, we have, I can go down the list. We have 15 use cases uh, for sales. I mean, we can make it, help it to write proposals for you and train it. I have built separate GPTs in there. It's my sales coach. I, my team role practices with it every Thursday. Uh, tough to get a meeting. And I, I think I might've shared this offline. When we went to, we did a webinar back in July and it drew like 700 people. It was, it was uh, very good. And then in October, we went to ASA and, you know, I saw you there yep. and we had get a meeting with chat GPT. And, you know, I, I have people come back to me all the time and say, Mike, where have all the skills gone? Well, they didn't need them in the stimulus environment. We had 64 people try to get a meeting with chat GPT, Bob, one okay. guy, one. And the nice thing was he was a Butler string, uh, Butler street trained person. And we gave him a thousand dollars, but we were absolutely, I'm now, Truth be told, the first time I did it with my team, they went 0 for 6. <laughs> and okay. I said to them, you guys, uh, you know, we bought all the, the premium. I said, you better practice. It. And the nice thing about it, well, you can practice in the privacy of your own home. You can prompt it to be tough with objections. And they went 6 for 6 the next week. So I, was, I, was, I remained cautiously optimistic. <laughs> so. so I would imagine after, you know, you went through this and you had that group of 64 and, and people saw what, there's power in that, right? There's yes. power in knowledge, there's power in technology, and there's power in utilizing this tool in, in such a manner. You had to be the most popular guy in the room that day. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it, I would just say that things are going well, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, but we're, we're not done. You know, we're expanding our company, we're hiring people, we're doing a lot of different things because we want to be able to stay out front and give the industry what it needs. And it needs right now, Speed is the currency of today. 
every minute you don't understand it or you're not leveraging it, your competition is and your disadvantage. I don't know how to put it any other way. That's another great quote. We've got a few of them written down here. Speed is the currency of today. It really is. It really is. Oh, I tell people that 90 days is an AI year. That's how fast things are moving. And Bob, I was... I always carry my hourglass with green sand because it's a constant reminder. We all get the same 520,600 minutes in the year. And, right. uh, you know, we're all, we're all CEOs of our own life. And we got to decide what we're doing with those minutes. And it's, it's really important. So, Mike, you know, we, we've hit, I would think, some surface. And we've, we've dug into some things that are really just front and center in the world that we live in today. But, you know, as you go to market and your team goes to market, and we've hit on some of these things, but I'm interested. It might be a little redundant. You might say some things that you said before, but why are companies choosing to partner with Butler Street right now? I think it comes back to we understand their operating reality. You know, we've walked a mile in their shoes. I always say one thing about staffing. It has a little bit of terminal uniqueness. Oh, you don't understand our business is so different. And, and, and it is to a degree because it's got a business to business component, the clients, and it's got a business to consumer component. Uh, the talent or the candidates. So that is is different. And I think one of the great things because of that, it, it's a tough ramp because you deal with the ultimate variable on both ends, people, right? You're not making anything. So, and, and you have two core processes, uh, client acquisition and retention, talent acquisition and retention. So nobody has to teach us the staffing industry. So about 70% of our annual revenue comes from the staffing industry. And I think it's because people... People understand that we understand what they're going through. We understand the metrics. We understand, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the submittals, the starts. And nobody has to teach us any of that stuff. And margin and bill rate versus effective bill rate. All those things yeah. we can we can really help them with. Mike, I, I've asked this to, of people all the time, and I know you've got over twenty years of experience in staffing, but I know you had a career outside of this before that. How, how did you get into staffing? Well, that is an interesting story. I was 20 years. I was corporate vice president, officer of a publicly held company, Standard Register. I had probably a billion foreign revenue and, and 1,800 people under me. I, and I was living in Dayton, Ohio at the time. Nice nice place to raise a family. Sure. Uh, but 9-11 hit. And I, had, I was how was I, 42 years old. And I did some self-reflection. And one day a headhunter called and they were representing Ronstadt at the time, which was one of our largest accounts. We had their document management contract. So uh, I, I took an interview, went down to Atlanta. And I remember walking into their corporate headquarters and there was a big digital sign, probably this big. And I said, we put 52,000 people to work last week. And I said, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I went upstairs and met with the CEO, Jim Reese, who's still a friend of mine uh, today. And I remember what he said. He said it, He said to me, Mike, I'm sure document management is a noble profession. He said, but we put people to work. And largely how many presents under the Christmas tree, depending on how well our people do our job. So he was sort of tugging on my heartstrings that this was a sure. people business and you can make a real difference in society. So I signed on with Ron Stott. But I was cautious because as I was going through the interview process, people kept saying he doesn't know staffing. They needed a sales engine, and that's what I was hired for. But I knew I'd never get the respect unless I, I got into staffing. So I actually ran a desk, full desk, undercover 
for 90 days. And I came out, I had a great handle on the business. I think people respected me for that. And uh, after I think 13 months, we, we, the business was down 22%. We had it growing 23%. So it was a big turnaround. And I got recruited away to be CEO of supplemental healthcare. So that's the story on me getting stabbed. Yeah, it's a question I ask people because there is a, a fraternal order of staffing people is, mm. is what I'd like to say. And I recognize that people that are coming up in their careers when they're young, like, you know, I had two older sisters and friends in the neighborhood and we didn't play staffing. Mm -hmm. I didn't put people on assignment only to have to call them up and say, where are you at? Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't study it in college. Uh, but at somewhere, sometimes someone recognized something in us. Mm -hmm. And they they simply may have plucked us out of what we were doing by recognizing mm -hmm. that we have uh, the discipline and the competitive edge and the nature to do those things. And, uh, you know, it could also be somebody who walks into a staffing uh, office and they're looking for a, a temp job. And mm -hmm. somebody says, hey, wait, you know, you've got something a little bit different, a little bit more flair, a little bit more pizzazz. Mm -hmm. And we'd like you to try you for this. So. It's, it's a question I'll, I'll probably continue to ask people as I come on. So I, I appreciate you, you sharing that story and, and look how it's really changed history. And you look at the ripple effect of what you've done and you look at all of the people that you've interacted with mm -hmm. and how their lives have been affected by this. And you continue uh, today uh, through the offerings that you have with your partners that take you up on Butler Street uh, to go ahead and, 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 and you know, participate in, in your programs. You're changing lives. And that's really, you know, full circle when you think about how uh, when that gentleman told you, hey, listen, we put people to work. So mm -hmm. it's a very cool story. So I appreciate that. Oh, um, you know, a couple of more questions. And before we close here, uh, I've got just kind of a random uh, potpourri type question. We've looked at the past. We've looked at current. And, you know, if you were going to give, uh, you know, you were a consultant are going to give your best advice or wisdom to somebody as you look at the market and you look at the trends and you look at 2024, uh, if you're talking specifically to leaders in the industry, what are one or two things that you see that they would benefit from knowing or being aware of that a year from now, they're going to be like, you know, thanks for uh, asking Mike Jack to that question uh, in yeah. December of 2023. I think the first thing is be curious as a leader. Uh, you have yeah. to understand the world is changing at, at, at a rapid rate and just have that mentality to be curious. And, and as a leader, you know, I would say this all the time, building a great company is not something you can take a step back from and admire when complete. It's an ongoing process of building, bonding, forming, changing, uh, defining, redefining. It's never perfect. It's never quite right. It's always under construction. Sure. As are each of us. And be under construction. Continue to learn, develop. And I, and I think, honestly, Bob, AI is going to be a, a major part of your development as a leader over the next year. Uh, our companies put thousands of man hours into this to get out front and be able to lead. And it's paid huge dividends for us. And I would say to any staffing leader, if you're not comfortable in that environment, you need to get comfortable. Okay. No, very wise. And I, I can see that, you know, and I wrote this down to be curious as a leader mm -hmm. and, you know, just recognize that we are a work in progress or as you yeah. put it, 
under construction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely are. Yep, we're under. And the day you think you're not, that's why I said, yeah, I would, I could use that same line building a great, building a great leader. Because yeah. look what happened when COVID hit. We all had to change. I mean, it was amazing. You could, you couldn't sit back on your leadership laurels because now you're managing people virtually. You're, you're, it's a whole different environment. So continue to learn, continue to develop. If you do that, good things will happen. Like you've got a lot to offer uh, the community, that are, are, are the brethren, the fraternal order of staffing. Uh, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you uh, or your team if they want to know more about uh, partnering with you? And, uh, you know, how quick, you know, would they have access to some of the information that you have? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have e-learning, swipe a credit card and get that pretty much immediately. But okay. I think uh, but we have two websites, Butler Street Online, for the smaller type companies where they, they just need, you know, two or three salespeople, whatever, and they'd go an e-learning route. We also have uh, butlerstreet.com. Both of them have contacts. You, you, you hit a contact that runs through HubSpot and tur turns into one of our uh, business development or consultants will will reach out within 24 hours to anybody that, that comes in that way. But or LinkedIn. I mean, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. My whole team's on LinkedIn. We believe very much in social selling, so pretty easy to get a hold of. No, oh, great. And we'll make sure that when we post this, uh, we'll have information that's tied to that as well. Thank Mike, you. I'll tell you what. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Staffing Buzz Network, and I hope. You know, we can do this again sometime down the road. It's been my pleasure, Bob. I look forward to it. We'll do a replay. Mike, yeah. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Bob. Right, thanks. Yep. Bye. So there you have it. Mike Jacketo from Butler Street. Uh, just kind of a real wealth of knowledge and a good resource uh, for people in the staffing industry. You know, people that are starting out, people that are looking to grow their business, people that are looking to solidify the way they go to market and do business. So uh, we will share that information with Mike and how you can get in touch with him uh, and the folks at Butler Street. Uh, as we conclude here today, just want to go ahead and thank everybody for listening and, and, and making our first uh, a session last time a success as we just conclude with our second episode here today. And I'm just going to ask that you please make sure that you subscribe and tell your staffing pals to join us, the Staffing Buzz Network, on your favorite platform. Also, if you want to learn more about Ultra Staff Edge, our ATS CRM software solution, it's a full front office and back office solution. Uh, Go ahead and just uh, give us a call. Send us an email. You'll see that information on our outro page. And uh, we would be glad. I'd be glad personally to talk to you and, and show you how we can help you uh, really solidify the business that you have and, and make your business run a lot more efficiently. So until next time, thanks, everybody. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Staffing Buzz Network.